Tecovis is a terrific boot brand, and they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. As someone who tries to pursue a minimalist lifestyle, I highly value quality over quantity, and I'm telling you, you can't find a higher quality boot than Tecovis. Their Western boots for men and women are handmade, handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. Also, did I mention that they are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico? And also, if you've ever wondered if you can pull off cowboy boots, which is something that I was thinking, you should pull on a pair of Tacovas and you'll see. Just do a quick search for Tacovas on social media and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit Tacovas.com, that's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com, and point your toes west. No more stressful trips to the fitting room under fluorescent lights. With Armoire, you get to wear quality pieces without the hassle of adding to your wardrobe or paying designer prices. I'll say, as a busy mom of three, I know the importance of treating myself to something special, and Armoire allows me to prioritize quality over quantity in my wardrobe. Plus, Armoire is woman-founded and woman-led, so you can feel good about supporting a business that empowers women. If you're ready to have your dream closet delivered to your door, try Armoire today. You'll never have to worry about finding the perfect outfit for any occasion again. If you're curious for some of the looks that I've chosen, check out my collaboration highlight on Instagram for a few of my favorite armoire looks. Looks that you can grab too. So right now my listeners can give armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash minimalist. That is armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash minimalist to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try armoire today. Hello and welcome to the Minimalist Moms podcast. I'm Diane. I'm a mother of three living in Columbus, Ohio. I'm trying to make room in my life for what matters by getting rid of the clutter and living life with purpose. I hope you'll join me on the journey to think more and do with less. So I usually don't share guest quotes prior to the interview, but my guest today, author Aaron Sky Kelly, said something that really stuck with me. Debt is clutter. Debt is clutter, and it leads to a lack of freedom. It was this lesson that I had to learn before I began to pursue the purging of my material things. Intentionality with my finances came first, and the clutter followed. This episode won't suddenly eradicate your debt, but I do hope it provides you with tools and inspiration to see that debt freedom is attainable through discipline, but first and foremost, intentionality. And lastly, as I wrap up this intro, have you gone and left a rating and review yet? I know so many of you have been doing so, and we got to that 600 number that I had set as a goal. Now the number will be, okay, let's see here. I was gonna say 700, that seems extreme. So let's try and get to 625 by the end of the year. I feel like that's realistic. So if you have not left a rating and review yet, please, please go leave a rating and review. It helps more people find the Minimalist Moms podcast, which in turn makes me really happy. And it also spreads minimalism to those that need it. I feel like especially going into a new year, this podcast and other minimalist resources are so invaluable in making life changes that people usually think of when they think about New Year's resolutions and goal setting. So leave those ratings and reviews and spread the word about the Minimalist Moms podcast. 
For my minimalist moment of the week, I want to talk about just a couple of suggestions I have for you moving into the post-Halloween trick-or-treat weeks. I don't know if that's a thing for you in your house, but it is for me. So trick-or-treat's over and we are starting to take down the spooky decorations, getting ready for more of the harvesty Thanksgiving season and then moving into Christmas. But the one thing that remains from the Halloween season is the candy. And if you're anything like me, there are definitely pros and cons to having it around the house, but I think we can all agree that there tends to be just a little bit too much. So I just have a couple of quick tips for you on what to do with that, how to minimize it, if you will. An easy way to deal with the candy could be to bake with it. A quick Google search should provide you with some fun recipes. Or it could be a fun time to experiment with your own recipes. You could donate it. Many businesses and organizations will collect candy to send to U.S. troops stationed overseas. My third tip is to make a trade. So in exchange for all of that sugary loot, come up with something that your kids can receive instead. So maybe a new book, lunch with mom or dad, some new markers and a coloring book. Basically, what can they receive an exchange for them handing over their candy. Next, you could give them just one week to choose a couple of favorites each day and then just decide the best way to dispose or to donate it. Another idea would be to send it off to work with your spouse. And then lastly, you could skim your favorites and stash it for later consumption. When I wrote this post last year, I wanted to get some of your ideas of what to do with the candy in your house. Someone said, we make gingerbread houses at Christmas, so they save, about after about a week, they'll save the rest of it to make their gingerbread houses, and I thought that was such a good idea. A few others said to freeze it, and they'll take it out slowly over the next few months. Becky, who was on one of the Real Minimalist Mom episodes a couple of years ago, said to put some aside for Christmas stockings. And then lastly, Full Circle Source said, we always had the kids pick out their 10 favorite pieces and then the Halloween fair, he would take the rest and leave something special. So that's kind of what I was talking about with the exchange. I think there are even some dentists in my area that if you take your candy to the dentist, they'll give you a coupon or something. I don't know. I've never done it, but it sounds like a good idea. Again, if you're listening to this episode anytime other than what is today, November 2nd, So we are just coming out of Halloween. So if you're listening to this episode in the spring, maybe just put this episode away until the fall. Put the information in your back pocket, if you will. All right, I'm excited for this conversation with Erin. So let's get to it. Erin, thanks so much for joining me today on the Minimalist Moms podcast. Thanks, Diane. I'm so pumped to be here. I'm excited to have you here. We're going to talk about intentionality and money management. Really, how can we make money management simple? So we're going to talk about that today. But before we get into our conversation, I'll just let you go ahead and introduce yourself to the listeners. Well, I wish this wasn't my story because it's not very sexy. But I, um, at one point in my life, I realized that I was 2.1% million dollars in debt. And so I looked for a lot of help to try and find my way out of it. And then all that seemed to like, you know, kind of keep happening was I would go to financial professionals and they would just like reconsolidate or refinance the debt. And I never was really getting ahead. And so I just took it upon myself to figure out money. And then that's when I wrote the book, get the hell out of debt. So I wish that like my story was like, oh, I had a very easy life and all the success came to me naturally. But what happened was I made a series of very stupid decisions and like most humans had to figure out how to crawl my way out of it. 
Okay. I don't know if we'll end up getting there at some point in our conversation, but how did it become to be that much? I mean, I know that without knowing, sometimes it can really build and you're just like, how did I get here? But how did it become so much? Well, and I think that's just it, right? Like it didn't start out that way. I wasn't like a teenager and I was like, do you know what I want to be when I grow up? I want to be horribly broke. Like it just mm-hmm. you know, started with like a credit card and then, you know, grew into line of credit and then, you know, all those like little things. And I was so good at making those minimum payments that they just kept extending credit to me. And, you know, some of this was like, I was a real estate investor. So some of it was because I had some assets, but this, that debt was strictly consumer debt. Like that debt was just Mm -hmm. foolish, like awful, could not get my way out of it. And, you know, like anybody who has consumer debt or who has experienced consumer debt, like I love the story that you tell about going to Macy's, you know, when you were Mm -hmm. trying to find new outfits and then you racked up your credit card and then you were like, Oh, only $12 for the payment. So it's like, we've been trained to focus on, can we manage that payment? And just slowly over time, it was like, it it grew into this astronomical number. And I know that sometimes people hear, Oh, $2.1 million. She can't relate to me. I didn't, it's not like I had a $10 million income. Um, and so I had to figure out the system that would work and, you know, whether you've got $5,000 in debt or, you know, a couple million dollars in debt, understanding money is the same process for all of us. No, that makes a lot of sense. Again, I feel like we should, as high schoolers and middle school students, and I'm sure that there probably are classes like this, but really making sure that every single graduate understands credit, debt, the stock market, just things that are actually relevant. And I'm not saying that calculus might not ever be relevant for someone, but I don't need to know that, but I do need to know about debt and how it can build just like in your case. Yeah. And what's so funny about that is that it's one thing to teach it. Like I do think kids are being taught it, but they don't have the experience. Like if you've got children, I think it's critical that you let them have a bank account and let them manage some of their own money so that it has a practical application too, because it's, I remember, you know, a math teacher doing a lesson or two about budgeting and there was like, you know, a column over here and there was a column over here and we had to fill out the columns and make the budget balance. But that's very different than being out with your friends at a movie and trying to decide if you're going to upgrade to the extra large popcorn or not based on what's, you know, in your bank account. Absolutely. No, that's a, I, yeah. If we can get more of that anecdotal evidence, as opposed to like, we, we can hear the actual facts and the actual truth, but when it's anecdotal, it seems to have a stronger impact. At least it does for me Me too. All right. Well, I have some questions that I wanted to ask you, and I'm going to kind of go out of order now that we're kind of getting into our chat. So I want to know first, in regards to intentionality and budgeting, how can we intentionally use our budget as a tool with money management? Well, I think that the most important document is the net worth statement and understanding your personal net worth, and then knowing that the budget's job like the only job of the budget is to make the net worth increase. So that way, when you're like, you know, you're, you're managing your budget intentionally, what you're doing is like, you're building a boundary around your financial goal. So the, so the budget becomes that boundary. And when you go, okay, well, what we're working towards is, you know, maybe you want to take a vacation with the children um, in the summer and you're planning ahead, you can sort of set that as the goal. And then you make the budget it's like the budget's like a little fence around that dream so that then 
you can be intentional with all your spending so that you know if, you know what, like maybe at the grocery store this week, we don't need to buy the giant Costco size pack of goldfish crackers. <laughs> maybe we can, you know, make something else work because we're choosing the family vacation next summer instead. Debt is clutter, right? Debt in itself is clutter. And so no matter what your financial circumstances are, if you're going outside of your budget, what you're doing is you're accumulating financial clutter. And so to keep yourself intentional about your spending, reducing anything that would cause you, you know, where, where you're able, I'm not, you know, I'm talking about this as a person of privilege who has access to credit and all of that. Like there are certainly segments of the population that absolutely cannot function unless, you know, they just don't have the resources and Mm -hmm. that is unfair. And that is our work as a nation to do. But when you look at it from the perspective of, if I go outside of this budget in order to, you know, treat myself or in order to make these decisions, I have to recognize that what I'm doing is I'm making my life more complicated as a result. Absolutely. And I do think you make a good point, but I will be a little bit of a devil's advocate with that and say, sometimes again, we're spending money where we don't see it until we really sit down and look at our entire bank statement, or we even analyze what we're purchasing throughout a week. Like, Oh, Hey, I just went through Starbucks. I should put a little tally that I went through Starbucks and even things like that do add up. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I I think that's like the point, right? Like you made such a great point when you're talking about the meat, right? Like oftentimes we're looking for something really big to be the cause of the budget, Mm -hmm. but it is often like those little tiny decisions that just add up that really throw us off. Yeah, for sure. So let's talk about money management. How can we live more intentionally regarding our cash flow? So like we, you know, we sort of see cash flow as like the income flowing in versus the expenses that are that are flowing out. And when you're going to be intentional with that, really what you what we want you to do is we want you to really align with what your values are. So if you say, like my values are, you know, spending time with my children, then that has to show up in the budget. Because if you say I value spending time with my children, but that means like plunking them in the cart and spending three hours in target, you know, and going over budget and not being able to, you know, do extracurriculars or do fun things with the kids, then, you know, we're, we're a little out of alignment. It's, I mean, and I don't judge any mom for who's like, you know what? I just needed to go to target and like, you know, hate spend for half an hour or something. Like we all have moments where we're like, ah, this just feels like a stress relief. Mm -hmm. But what we have to recognize is in those moments, we aren't being intentional. We're being emotional. Yeah. Yeah. I want to say it was honestly two years ago, but I had someone come on talking about values-based budgeting. And she said that very thing, just what is important to you. And sometimes that doesn't align with how we're spending. So Mm -hmm. if why just spend money to spend it? And I always tell my husband that because he can be a little bit more of a penny pincher than me. And I'm like, Hey, this experience, we can't take our money with us when we die. And obviously it'll hopefully just be passed down to our kids. But outside of that, it's like, what do we want to spend money on to build our relationships with our kids? Because that's value. Oh my gosh. That sentence is so genius. Yes. Right. What is the life that we're building? And like, how do we make that work with our financial situation? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. No, this is so good. I think, and I, I say this, I feel so redundant in like all these episodes. It's all about intentionality. But I mean, if we're not intentional, then that means we're either kind of burying our head in the sand or we're just being flippant or we aren't honed in on the things that matter. And that's going to make a higher quality life at, at the end of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is why the work you do is so genius, because if you take intentionality and you apply it to any area of your life, your life dramatically improves. But most of us walk through life like 
living the way either somebody else imposed on us or because of a set of beliefs, like we think, you know, we should be spending this money on a minivan, or we should be in a house that has a garage and a bonus room, or we should be, you know, like we're living sort of accidentally or unconsciously. And so when you apply intentionality to your relationships, your fitness, your money, like all of those things, you, you just naturally will start to have a better life. Didn't I Just Feed You is a candid weekly conversation about feeding families, even for parents who hate to cook. Hosts Stacy Billis and Megan Swan are two food professionals and busy working moms who get real about feeding kids, tweens, and teens. And sometimes they even talk about how to feed themselves. From how to turn nachos into a legit family dinner to the magic of meatballs, solving the after-school snack problem to packing lunch on a budget, they chat with guests from Food Network stars to everyday moms who, let's be honest, are the real experts. Stacy and Megan are not here to tell you how to eat or what's best for your family, only you know that. They just wanna help you get there quickly, affordably, and joyfully. Didn't I Just Feed You is a fixture on the iTunes Top 50 Food Podcasts and is the only food podcast specifically about feeding a family. Find Didn't I Just Feed You wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a thing. You can also find Stacey and Megan on Instagram at Didn't I Just Feed You. Most of you have probably heard me sing the praises of pros. It's the world's most personalized hair care. And for those that haven't, I want to tell you about the incredible results I've been seeing using my customized pros products. I've worn my hair long for the past several years, and with the length, I have to be sure to just keep it well conditioned or else it becomes far too dry, especially in the summer months. However, thanks to my personalized shampoo and conditioner, I really just started to fall in love with my hair again. And that's not just hyperbole. By analyzing over 85 personal factors, Pros determines a unique blend of ingredients to treat your exact concerns. I took the quiz and it asked me questions such as my eating habits, how I work out, and my zip code. This was the most interesting thing to me actually because I was able to see which environmental elements affect my hair such as UV rays, pollution, water hardness, humidity, and wind. I also have to mention that Pros is an industry leader in clean and responsible beauty. All their ingredients are sustainably sourced, ethically gathered, and cruelty-free. They're also the first custom beauty brand to go carbon neutral. If you choose pros and you're not 100% positive it's the best hair care you've ever had, they will take the products back with no questions asked. Pros is the healthy hair regimen with your name all over it. Take your free in-depth hair quiz and get 15% off your first order today. Go to pros.com slash minimalist. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash minimalist for your free in-depth hair quiz and 15% off. Fall is finally here. It's a great time to get started on a new home decor project, crafting a self-care, or preparing DIY gifts for the holidays. I've really been wanting to get into more crafting as just a hobby and a distressor, so receiving my first Maker Crate from KiwiCo was really exciting. I knew about their amazing boxes for kids, but I didn't realize that they also had options for teens and adults. My project was an embroidered apron. I have friends that are into embroidery and I've always wanted to test my skills, so this was the perfect way to try it out. I think next I'll have to try the macrame planters crate. But Maker's Crate is designed to help teens and adults discover new art and design tools and to gain the creative confidence to turn their artistic visions into design realities. To macrame hangers, to terrazzo trays, take pride in making something fun and functional. KiwiCo delivers high quality materials, tools, and inspiration to encourage lifelong art and design skills. Turn artistic visions into reality with Maker Crate from KiwiCo. 
Get 50% off your first month plus free shipping with code MINIMALIST at KiwiCo.com at K-I-W-I-C-O.com, promo code MINIMALIST. For a lot of my listeners, I feel like they're on a journey to simplify their lives, but they don't want to sacrifice style, which I completely understand. And that's why I was excited to partner with HomeThreads. HomeThreads is the perfect blend of minimalism and comfort for your home. At HomeThreads.com, you can discover a curated collection of sleek and functional furniture that speaks to the heart of minimalist living, from multifunctional storage to timeless design. They have everything you need to create a clutter-free and serene space for your family. As most of you know, we've recently moved, and I'm not someone to just fill up a room so that it's done and decorated. I wanted to do this with intention, and so I searched out accent chairs on home threads and found the perfect mid-century modern chair that really complements my space. So embrace the beauty of less and elevate your home with purposeful pieces. Visit homethreads.com minimalist and get a code for 15% off your first order. Home threads, love where you live. If you're planning to cut back on alcohol this dry January, Recess Zero Proof Craft Mocktails are the perfect alcohol replacement. Recess has meticulously crafted familiar favorites such as Lime Margarita and Grapefruit Paloma, allowing you to savor the flavors and experience of these cocktails without the alcohol content. Throughout January, my listeners can take advantage of a special offer and get 15% off the Recess Mocktail Sampler Pack at takearecess.com minimalist. Every can of Recess boasts a lightly sparkling mocktail infused with functional ingredients and a calorie count of 25 or less. It's a guilt-free option for winding down during dry January. Again, whether it's the end of a demanding day, a dinner gathering, or simply a moment to unwind, these mocktails are the perfect choice. You won't miss the alcohol, and you certainly won't miss dealing with a hangover. Get 15% off Recess mocktails now at takearecess.com minimalist so you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. All right, let's talk about your book and you share 10 success principles of how to minimize your money success. And if you could share three, maybe three um, of those tips that listeners could implement today. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, everybody expects them all to be like dramatic money. Like here's the money, but a lot of them actually have to do with lifestyle. Like what we were just talking about, like the very first thing you have to do is you have to create space in your life in order to manage your money. And most of us, you know, we're waking up to an alarm and we're already running like crazy before we even, you know, have taken a moment to start our day. And so setting up a time every day where you can check in with your money, just like you would check in with your health, right? Like, Oh, you know, I'm really craving some vegetables today. I'm really craving some sleep today. You know, Oh, I I'm feeling a little out of control with my money today. Like those conscious thoughts are really critical. So spending like five to 10 minutes a day with your money, I think is one of the success principles that will absolutely change your life rather than just trying to sort it out at the end of the month. Another thing that I think is absolutely critical, and this probably sounds like it has nothing to do with money, but I think that we need to be in nature for 30 minutes a day minimum. And it's important because I think it's the part that reminds us that we're human and it connects us to the world and to each other in such a profound way, but it can be really easy to ignore that part of humanity and just consume, 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 and be, you know, part of consumption. Like, Oh, this broke. I need to buy a new one. Oh, this, you know, event is happening. I need to go because I have FOMO. But when you're 
truly grounded and connected to nature and you're disconnected from all of the ads and all of the social media and all of those other pieces every day, I think it helps you make better financial decisions. So being out in nature for 30 minutes a day is definitely a success principle. Mm -hmm. And then another one is just not shooting on yourself, like really just having a lot of grace because sometimes when we, when we're budgeting, we assume that if we don't get it right, then we must suck. Like, Oh, my budget didn't go right. I failed. Bummer. I suck. And instead going, this was never meant to be perfect. I was never going to get it perfect. I know you've been, you know, managing your money and stuff for a long time, right? Like, have you ever gotten it exactly perfect? I never have. Yeah, just, yeah. Like the, so the key is just to do better or do as good as you can. Mm-hmm. And then giving yourself a ton of grace because part of being human is experiencing things that you don't expect. And you can't, you know, you can't plan everything that's going to happen this month. Some of us are going to lose people we love. Some of us are going to fall ill. Some of us are going to, you know, be a victim of a crime. Some of us are like all kinds of things could happen. And so there's no way that your budget can anticipate absolutely everything. So giving yourself a lot of grace, not saying I should do this. I should do that. Like removing those shoulds from your life and living without that kind of judgment on yourself, I think is, you know, another really important success principle. You said a lot there that I want to comment on, but I'll just comment on this. So I think that the intentionality comes into play when we talk about our savings, a savings account to me is you're very intentional about, Hey, I need to make sure that I have savings just in case this happens. So so I have my cousin as an example that I'll use. And I know that she hates to dip into her savings. Her son needed some dental work done. And she was like, Oh, I just didn't want to dip into my savings. And I'm like, no, that is why that is there. You have been intentional to build up. I think Dave Ramsey says, save up like a thousand to begin with. And it's probably good to have probably 10,000 as you go along, but that's what it's for. And then you just don't feel uncomfortable. Just keep building it back up. Just keep doing it. You've already been intentional and that's what that money is for. So I don't know. I have like a, a weird, I don't know if I'm making any sense, but I feel like people just get so upset if they have to dip into their savings. And it's like, that is why that's there. It's so interesting that you say that because people will often like once they've saved up the money, Mm -hmm. they will find that they're able to put money on a credit card easier than they are able to dip Mm -hmm. into their savings. Mm -hmm. And like, that is by design. Like the banks want you to believe that, right. They want you to feel like that's easier. They are taking your savings that they're paying you like 2% or less on, and they are investing that money and they're making a lot of money on that money. And then they're charging you credit card interest on the other side too. And so it's designed to feel inconvenient to use your savings. But like you said, that is exactly what it's there for. And it's, you know, we joke that it's a, it's a debt condom. It's there to prevent you Mm -hmm. from having an unwanted debt situation. And I think it's critical that we really get used to the idea of having our own money so that we can have our own freedom when it comes to those decisions so that we really don't have any guilt when it comes to when life happens, being able to actually use cash for things. Mm -hmm. And I think all of this is so important. You said freedom. It's all so important to get this area right in our lives, because when we have freedom with our finances, we can really, again, focus on the things that matter that we've assigned value to. And we don't have to worry about all these silly things that don't really matter. Yeah. I don't know anybody who, you know, sort of consumed their way through life. And then, you know, whose children went off to university and they were like, you know, what was it like raising kids now that you're an empty nester? And they were like, you know, I wish I would have bought more stuff. I wish I would have spent more. Like nobody says that. And yet we seem to think because we're marketed to 24 seven, that the, like the next thing that we buy is going to be the solution that changes our lives. And it's just not. Mm -hmm. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then lastly, I don't know if I'll go back and put this in somewhere, but I love that you said that one of your tips is to get in nature. And that is just absolutely true. I was, uh, before I got on this call, I was with my nature club and I was just kind of looking at all of us moms and how we're dressed and we're dressed to be outside, but it doesn't matter. And it's like, we don't need to be in brand new things out here. And I'm just with my friends connecting and it's the most joyous day of my week actually joyous, not just happy. Like I find true joy from being with these women. No one's comparing like what we have or what we need to have. It's just us being out here with our kids. And so I think there's something really to be said for that, that maybe I've just never heard that on this type of list before. So I thought that was great. Yeah. I think it's really powerful what you do with those moms, because, you know, it's even when it comes to children, right. It's so easy for moms to like entertain the children by, you know, dragging them out to a coffee shop or something and then letting them run around. And then when they misbehave, buy them a cookie to keep them entertained for four minutes. And like, it just, it's a very different experience than being like, let's just go out and get fresh air and let's connect human to human. And let's remove all of the expectations of what shoes we're wearing or what bag we're carrying and any of that nonsense and really focus on, you know, the moment and the presence that you have with each other. I think that's, it's such a beautiful way to parent, but it's also such a beautiful way for women to connect in community. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I, this is a side note, but I feel so much better when I'm out in nature with my kids. I'm not nearly as on edge as I would be if I were to go to like a coffee house or something. I just feel like my kids are not at that. And maybe every kid can, I know your kids are capable certainly, but I just feel a lot more when I'm in nature. There's something about being able to just let your kid run wild, right? There's just something about that. And of course, you know, when you're trying to discipline or parent them or whatever, I just think there's something critical to well-being to like even for adults, like we just, we don't just run out our front door and like go play. Right. We put on our shoes and we get our headphones in and we make sure the temperature's right. And then we get our cute little outfit. And then we go for like a little jog and we come back and we time it on our Apple watch or whatever. Like, it's just a whole different, whereas you put on a kid's running shoes and you open the front door and they're free, you know, (laughs) they're like, oh, and it's just such a, like you said, more joyous, beautiful state to live in. Absolutely. And I've also noticed this is like, totally not, we're like digressing right now, but I've noticed with discipline, my kids are so much better behaved in nature too, because I think that they don't have, they don't feel as many limits from me. And so I don't know, I've noticed that, which is another addition to my joy that I'm a high. And that's genius. You just, yes. Oh gosh. Yeah. Cause can you imagine like if instead of trying to like discipline our children every day, which Mm -hmm. teaches them I think in a way, unconsciously, like you're not good enough. You're not behaving Mm -hmm. well. You're like, you know, it's got all those, but if instead we went out in nature and there was more yeses, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that that, oh, you're onto something there. Yeah. That's, I want to dive deeper into that at some point. Cause that is, there's just so much that nature can provide that I don't think people realize. And I think Mm -hmm. that if we really dug out, dug that up and dug that out, that we would be in nature a lot more. So agreed. Agreed. Anyways, well, I digress. Well, is there anything else you wanted to share or leave listeners with in regards to just being intentional with money? Uh, anything else you'd like to share? Really this community that you've tapped into the minimalist mom community is critical because who you are in relationship with and who you are spending your time with really matters. And so when you're around other people that share similar values of, you know, maybe we could live with more intention, maybe we could live with more presence, you will have a better experience. If you're hanging around people who are struggling financially or, you know, because they're always looking for the next thing to buy or they're consuming or can, you know, 
consumption is sort of their answer to everything. You're going to find yourself more miserable. You're going to have that seed of comparison there because those people are always being marketed to. And therefore the underlying theme in their life is like, where's my lack? Like, what is the need that I have that I can fill with a purchase? And so spending time with other people who are intentional and who are living this out is critical. Listening to this podcast, like, you know, your book is really great, right? Your minimalist mom's book. I think, you know, absorbing yourself in that kind of information brings you so much more joy in the long run. Mm -hmm. And so it doesn't have to be about money. It doesn't have to be about debt. It doesn't have to be about any of that stuff. It really, at the end of the day is about how do you live your life in a way that makes you so happy, Mm -hmm. you know, when you get to the end of it. Well, thanks for shouting out to the book. I think that it, I, I hope that it helps people. That was why I wrote it, but I appreciate you saying all of that, but where can listeners find you if they want to connect with you online? Well, I'm at erinskykelly.com and I'm on all the socials at Aaron Sky Kelly. And it really is important that you put the whole word in. Cause there's a porn star whose name is Aaron Sky. Oh, no. and we get confused all the time. <laughs> Oh no. People send me pictures. Is this you? I'm like, no, I'm not wearing a bra to promote the book, but, um, E R I N S K Y E K E L L Y. And then if you uh, want more information, of course you can go to get the hell out of debt.com. Perfect. And I'll make sure to have the accurate links in the show notes (laughs) so you can just go there. Save yourself the the hiding your Google search. Yeah. Yeah. Right. All right. Well, as we wrap things up here, I'm going to ask you the two questions I ask every guest. And the first one is what is something that you're simplifying right now? AKA what is your minimalist moment of the week? Um, what I'm simplifying right now is my time. So I'm really practicing saying no to things, um, which I find really hard to do, especially in a season where like, you know, we've been in the pandemic for a long time and I just want to say yes to everything. Cause I feel like I've missed out for the last while I'm really learning to, um, be intentional with my time and say no. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, that makes sense. And I, I do think the pandemic obviously looked different for everyone. There were various levels of just stress and maybe death and just everything that came with that. But I will say the benefit is at least for me that I am much more aware of I feel like I can say no a lot better now because mm-hmm. I'm like, Hey, I saw the benefit of being with my kids and what I was prioritizing, what I could prioritize during that time. And yes. I don't have time to say yes to everything anymore. Yes. All right. Lastly, what is something that you cannot stop talking about? And it can be in regards to simplifying or just something that you love. I wish it was something profound, but I'm obsessed <laughs> with Ted Lasso and have been like, anybody that will talk to me about Ted Lasso, I am having conversations with because I can't believe the situation with Rebecca and Sam. And I can't believe, and I'm not somebody who's been into TV. Like I, I haven't owned a TV for years. The streaming thing I just started doing really in the pandemic, I used to stream stuff. Like if I was sick in bed or something like that, but I, but for some reason I am captured by that show and obsessed with it. What's your thing that you're currently obsessed with? Oh, I don't know. I, I want to say this. The first thing that came to mind was candy corn. <laughs> oh <right>. yeah. <laughs> I've been eating far too much candy corn. And I told my husband the other night, I was like, I'm going to throw this bag away. I don't need it. Do you want any? He said, no. So I went to get my giant Eagle order the next morning. And I didn't realize I'd ordered more candy corn because I just have a running list. <laughs> I was so mad. I'm like, no, it's back in the house. It's haunting you. (laughs) That's amazing. I know I should have just thrown that away, but it felt really wasteful. So (laughs) 
<laughs> uh, I'm just trying to slowly eat it. I know that pe- it, candy corn is very polarizing to people. You either love it or hate it. Oh, I'm a lover. I, and I don't know why, cause it is gross. And it leaves like, I know like, it's like a, it's like a shame candy for me. Like I yeah. don't eat it in public. I eat it at home. Yeah. All right. Well, Aaron, this was a great conversation. I will again, put everything in the show notes for listeners and I appreciate your time today. Thank you. What did you think of the episode? I invite you to keep the conversation going at minimalistmomspodcast.com. There you'll find links to the Instagram account, Facebook page, and where you can find me all around the web. Thank you for joining up on this journey. I wish you a lovely week as you think more and do with less.